Father, we thank you. We ask and we say there is illumination. The eyes of our understanding is enlightened. Every confusion is dispelled. There is light. There is clarity. I will say we build you as we see ourselves in you. And your name alone is glorified as we are edified in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Second um, <clears throat> Timothy 3.15. Let's look at that very quickly. Second Timothy three fifteen. Second Timothy three fifteen says, "As from a child, thou hast known the holy scriptures, which is able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus." And it says, "All scriptures is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect." And thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So the word it says, Thou hast known the holy scriptures. Thou word known there is from the word Hado in the Greek, E I D O, E I D O in the Greek. It says, Thou hast known the holy scriptures. Thou word known there is from the word Hado, and it's and it implies to perceive, to be acquainted with. That is, it is, and like I told you, it is not necessarily quoting text, but to appreciate the scriptures. So that is, the preacher of the gospel, because he was writing here to Timothy now, and Timothy is a preacher of the gospel. So he was writing to Timothy and saying that a, that, um, a preacher of the gospel must be acquainted with the scriptures. A critical of the gospel must be able to explain the Bible properly. And you know, I told you, the reason why we have issues concerning the character of God and, um, and, um, and contradictions in our mind as touching who God is, what, what He is and what He is not, is simply because the character of God is not well clear in our minds. So a preacher of the gospel, which is you and I, we must be able to properly explain the scriptures well. So when he says, thou hast known, thou hast known, it means eido in the Greek, E-I-D-O. It means you are accustomed with the scriptures. You are filled with the scriptures. You is not necessarily just quoting texts and remembering what the thought you in children in church, but you properly can dissect the scriptures properly. You probably can, you know, I told you in 2 Timothy 2 verse 15, it says that study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So if there is a right way to divide the word of truth, there will also be a wrong way to divide the word of truth. So you have known known and it now says as from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures so if you are accustomed with the holy scriptures if you are filled with the holy scriptures you are acquainted with the holy scriptures it is able to make you wise unto salvation so that is not just um figment of the scriptures or parchments of the scriptures that you know in your mind somewhere that means it means the whole entirety of the scriptures 
And I told you that when we're talking about scriptures, we're talking about Genesis to Malachi. Scriptures just simply means the Old Testament, and it's Genesis to Malachi. So if you are properly accustomed with Genesis to Malachi, you can, it says you are, it's able to make you wise unto salvation, which is in Christ Jesus. And the word make you wise is from the Greek word sophizo, S-O-P-H-I-Z-O, S-O-P-H-I-Z-O, sophizo. It, it implies to skillfully devise things. It means wisdom. It is used for being smart. It is used for being skillful or clever. And I told you, I said, sophizo is not used for a talent or anime skills, or, but for something that is acquired. So that is, the cleverness for Timothy here, in this case of Timothy, is as a result of his acquaintance with the scriptures. So it will mean, as from a child, he is acquainted with the holy scripture and that is what is able to make him wise so we can safely say in our today's world that if you don't if you are not acquainted with the scriptures if you are not acquainted with genesis to malachi if you are not acquainted with the authority of the bible you probably would not be smart you probably will not be smart spiritually you probably will not be smart as touching the scriptures so you must be smart tell your neighbor say you must be smart you're not saying it like you mean it you're not saying it like you mean it you must be smart so you must be smart and it was used in luke 2 verse 52 we saw how jesus how it was used is a function and i told you that jesus was seen in luke 2 verse 50 luke 2 verse 50 to 52 luke 2 verse 50 to 52 luke 2 Verse 50 to 52. Luke 2, verse 50 to 52. It says, are you there? Yes, sir. It says, And they understood not the sayings which he spake, and went down with them, and came to Nazareth, and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom, in verse 52, and stature and in favor with God and man. So, Jesus was seen as clever because, he, because of the kind of questions he asked, as well as his understanding of things. He was seen as clever because of the kind of questions he asked. What kind of questions are you asking? A lot of people ask stupid questions of, of different things. But he, he, the kind of questions you ask shows, oh, you, you probably are learning something. You're probably you're trying to learn or you're trying to grow. And you know some people ask mischievous questions just to fault the preacher. Some people ask just different kind of questions. So, but Jesus was seen learning he was seen learning he was seen as somebody who understood what they were saying so sophia is acquired by training sophia is acquired by training sophia is got it from the word sophizo so it is acquired by training by training by training is a function of experience but by education within the scriptures now it is not a function of experience within your physics textbook it's not a function of um, of experience within your maths textbook it's not a function of experience within your 
your job, but a function of experience within the what? The scriptures. So like Timothy, so Timothy's skillfulness now was seen in the way he was able to properly and accurately teach from the scriptures. So in other words, Timothy understood what was written. So we can safely say Timothy understood the scriptures and he could skillfully explain from the scriptures. And that is how you should be. So as you are learning, as you are feeding on the messages, watch the pattern, watch the thought process, how the pastor explained this, oh, how was this explained, how did he use this text, okay, how it is going to build your teaching ministry, it's going to build your own study. When the series is out, you pick it up, you feed on it, you eat it again, you know, you sleep with it, you wake up with it, you know, you take notes again, you you check it, you cross-check it, you know, you pause it, you take a pause somewhere, you, because you have to be skillful. Are you getting what I'm saying? There are times I'm studying, and I'm just rewinding and rewinding and rewinding. I still found myself even doing it today. I was just rewinding and rewinding. Ah, okay, I didn't get this. Sometimes I'm even in the service where it was being thought, and I didn't catch it. The things I was studying this morning, I was just like, ah, I was actually in this service when this was taught. How come I didn't catch this? I was, just, I was in the service as of December when this was taught. So how come I didn't catch this? I was just looking at it again, looking at it again. It makes you skillful. It makes you wise. So as a preacher of the gospel, the way you listen to message is different from just any random person who wants to learn message. Are you getting what I'm saying? The way as a preacher, you know, you are a preacher already. The way you listen to a message it should be different from the way a random believer will want to pick a message to listen. You, you are in, you know that someday you're going to start to teach this. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you have to start gaining the experience. Get, what I'm teaching to you now is something I studied years ago. Are you getting what I'm saying? This character is something I studied years ago. And I'm just teaching you. What I'm studying now is something I will teach you in years to come. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, you, as a preacher, you have to be skillful. So, and the skillfulness is not just to, it's not just um, being skillful with your academics. Yes, you can be skillful with that. That's fine. But we are talking as touching the scriptures. You must, I told you in Bible Hermeneutics, you must be meticulous with Bible study. You must be detailed. That is why I show you, I walk you through text, line upon line, precept upon precept. You know, we walk through it, we look at it, we critique it together. You see that? Because you are on a journey. Are you getting what I'm saying? So a preacher of the gospel must not be lazy. Tell your neighbor, say, you must not be lazy. No, not saying it like a meaning. You must not be lazy. You must not be lazy. So Timothy, the minister of the gospel, must, so like Timothy, the minister of the gospel must be skillful. So Paul explains skillfulness to us. And one thing you must know is that Timothy was pastors of pastors. He was like the bishop. He was like overseeing other pastors. Because, and Paul said, he is skillful. Are you seeing that? He is skillful. Skillful to teach. Skillful to explain the scriptures. 
skillful. So in verse 17, he now says that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. He says that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The word perfect there is from the word atios, A-R-T-I-O-S. It means to be fitted for, ready to function, to be adequate. And I told you it was used historically for special training. Historically for special training. So the understanding of the Bible makes the minister of the gospel adequate. It is actually the understanding of the Bible that makes the man of God perfect. That makes it thoroughly furnished. That makes... Are you getting it now? It's the understanding of the Bible. So, the understanding of the Bible makes the minister of the gospel adequate. So, therefore, the minister of the gospel must be acquainted with the knowledge of the scriptures. He now says, he used the phrase, thoroughly furnished. That word thoroughly furnished there is from the Greek word exatizo. E-X-A-R-T-I-Z-O. E-X-A-R-T-I-Z-O. It implies to furnish. That is, it is ready, fulfilled, done. It relates to a finished product which could have required years of process before its final product is obtained. So you must be skillful. You must. So that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto a good work. He was referring to Timothy, a minister of the gospel, who has understood salvation through faith from the scriptures. And he is skillfully and ready and able to teach and explain from the same. So a preacher of the gospel must not just have an idea of the scriptures. Right? We settled that, right? So you cannot just have an idea of the scriptures. You can't afford to be lazy. You must be skillful to explain it. You must. Because if you are not skillful to explain the scriptures, you're going to make so many errors. You're going to make a mess out of the scriptures. You're going to. Because you won't even know what the scripture is saying. You won't even know what the scripture is saying. So, you cannot make a mess out of the scriptures. You can't. You can't make a mess out of the scriptures. It is because people don't really even understand the scriptures. That is why a lot of people will say um, things like, um, the God that give it, the God that take it. Imagine, imagine they have a proper understanding of that text. They won't be saying that. You know, let's say, okay, it's just like um, you give birth to a child today and God forbid the child dies. You know, somewhere in your mind, people will come and comfort you. Now, I'm sure you're not going to feel that way. But you will have people who will come and comfort you and say, ah, don't worry. It's the God that give it. It's the God that take it. No, bro. It's the devil that took that from you. That's not God. And that comes as a result of people not really understanding the scriptures. Are you getting what I'm saying? So if people don't, it's just like, it's just, okay, do you know, do you know let me give you a proper example. It's just like this series. Do you know that this series now we are studying is a very detailed series? Do you know where we've been coming from? 
we've done almost an exegesis on even on the book of James. I don't know if you notice. We've done James, we've done Hebrews, right? We've done we've done Job, we've done um Exodus Hebrews, you know, we've done all of those things. Now, somebody now can listen to this series now, just say the summary of the character of God is that God is good. Fine. But can you explain? Are you getting what I'm saying? If you cannot explain after this series, it shows you did not listen well. It shows you were lazy. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's just like how we were explaining angels yesterday. It's just like somebody just wake up one morning and say, Ah, angels, angels does not exist again. <laughs> you know the person has said wrongly. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, so, we, so as a preacher, be calm. Are you getting what I'm saying? Be calm. When you are explaining the, the gospel, be confident with what you are explaining. You studied, right? You've read the materials. You've listened to the message. Be confident. Are you getting what I'm saying? Be confident. Because messages like this, I'm sure you're not going, that's not going to be the, your next discipleship follow-up meeting. <laughs> you say, Virgin, the character of God. <laughs> you have not even, full, you are yet to fully grasp it. <laughs> I remember many years ago, I used to do that. People I knew, you are can bear me witness. I used to teach, you know, Bible Eminotis that is taking me years now to teach. I've done a crash course of Bible Eminotis between two Sundays. I finished Bible Eminotis. <laughs> you know, but we are growing. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, Hebrews 12. Let's look at what Hebrews 12. Are you ready for study? Hebrews 12, verse 18 to 20. You're going to love today's study. I think I want to explain more of angels today because of joy. Somebody say joy. I will still say the story again so it will be in this message. So the, the, your enemies and your haters and your and your followers and your future disciples <laughs> will hear <laughs> Joy is that they're following me because of angels. <laughs> I said, don't worry. Next, next, I think maybe a Tuesday, I said, I will start the series. Since then, she has not missed fellowship. <laughs> I mean, but since then, she, that's when the consistency came. That was when the, that was when the consistency came. Uh, and since then, I have not thought it. Almost five years now. <laughs> so whether you be prepared to pack your bag and go now, it's left to you. <laughs> I'm just joking. All right, Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, you, you're going to love this today. It says... <clears throat> Before we even get to Hebrews 12, let's start from Hebrews 1. I, I did some uh, explanations yesterday that I was very fast and I want to be very slow now. Or let's start from Colossians 2.14. Let's start with worshipping of angels. Let's go over it one more time. Hallelujah. Alright, Colossians 2 verse 14. Colossians 2 verse 14. It says, um, blotting out the android things of the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us. Anytime I read this text, I, 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 I don't know about you, but I still picture, I've been saying this story a whole lot. I picture myself about five, about five years ago now, when I was having that conversation with the pastor I told you about, and we were actually, because he preached on this text, 
and we're actually legit arguing about this thing. So anytime I'm reading this text, that picture comes to my face. <laughs> that I'll say, Sir, look at it again. Sir, look at it again. I won't do that anymore. I've grown up now. I would that I'll just say, ah, glory, glory. Oh be the God. <laughs> but ah then I was brutal. I think sometimes you need to be that brutal. Because if you have no experience of brutality as a Christian, you might not know what it is to pass through some fires. I was brutal. I told you a story one time of I used to attack people on Facebook. Then I met somebody. I don't know if she's going to listen to this someday. Then I met somebody that I uncle I have dealt with on Facebook. <laughs> then I was trying to preach to her. She couldn't believe my message. Because she now went to ask the uncle. The uncle said, what's his name? What's the name of the person that is teaching you? She now said, ah, you're Benson. Ah, I know him. You don't, don't even follow him. Don't hear him. He's a, he's a very rebellious child. Ah, it took me years. In fact, it's still taking me time now to still get that back to, 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 to our feet. But we trust God. So it's not good to be brutal. <laughs> Just be calm. Having no offense with no one, you know. All right, look at this. We said, having spoiled, blotting out the handwritings of the ordinances that was against us, Colossians 2.14, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Having spoiled principalities and power, he made sure of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat, or in drink, or in respect of an holy day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath day, which are a shadow of things to come but the body is christ if you read the preceding text also in verse 20 look at the verse 20 wherefore if ye be dead with christ from the rudiment of the world why as though living in the world as ye are subject to ordinances touch not face not and do not which are to perish with using after the commandments of the doctrines of men you know says in verse 3 23 which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will, worship, and humility, and neglecting of the body, not in honor to the satisfying of the flesh. So I told you that Paul was discussing the law of Moses. And the law of Moses in this point will mean, so when I say the law of Moses, we can safely say the teaching of Moses, the doctrine of Moses. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, so the law of Moses would mean the ordinances of the law, meat or drink, holy day, new moon, Sabbath, touch not, taste not. Does it make sense? That would be the law now. So Paul said, so Paul was explaining the practices to us that was instituted by the law of Moses as figurative. So that is, they were in types and shadows. So he described them as a voluntary worshipping or religion of angels. In other words, a man conducting his life according to the law of Moses is worshipping angels or is involved in the religion of angels. Does it make sense? So if you are still living after the touch not, taste not, or the whole sister or something laws of Moses, we can safely say you are worshipping angels. Does it make sense? Because such practices are not in line with what Jesus and the apostles taught. You won't find in the, apost- in, in the doctrine of the epistles that um, if you kill, um, you know, one of the laws in, um, in, in, of Moses is that you must not even build a balcony. You must not have a balcony. I don't know if you remember that. You must not, have, you must not build a balcony 
and have a balcony. So if you have a balcony, so some of you that have a balcony in your in your <laughs> in your house, that's all. I don't have a balcony in the house. So you people have perished. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm under the love, under grace. <laughs> so you know. So in other words, it, it, all wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, like I said, is found in the spirit of truth. It guides us into all the truth. It guides us into all the truth. John 16, verse 12 to 15. John 16, 12 to 15. It guides us into the truth. And so we, 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 saw, we, we saw all of those points yesterday. So one of the things I want you to know is that you and I have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. We saw that in 2 Corinthians 1. In 2 Corinthians, in, no, not 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10 to 15, or to 16, sorry, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10 to 16, and in verse 16, it says, but we have the mind of Christ. See, I have the mind of Christ. I'm not saying like you mean it. We have the mind of Christ. So, we have received the Spirit, which is of God, and we know all things. So, Paul was explaining to us in this Colossians 2, verse 18 to 22, he summarized that dispensation as... And he helps us to see that it's a worship and a religion of angels. Because angels ate Moses in the backing of the law. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, we can safely say that dispensation there was. Now, we will study certain things in future. And I'll walk you through certain things in future. But for now, still get this. That some of the details of certain things that happened was the involvement of angels. But now, let's see... One of the things we, I showed you yesterday was that now in the New Testament, now that we have come to Zion, glory to God, now that we have come to Zion, in Hebrews 1 verse 1 to, Hebrews 1 verse 3 to 14, Hebrews 1 verse 3 to 14, and I told you that angels were created to serve the Son. I'm not sure if you remember that. That angels were created to serve the Son, that is the Son of God, or even you as Christians, because in verse 14 it says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to them which shall be ears of salvation? Are you getting it? So, angels are sent forth to minister to you as believers. So, even in verse 2, even in chapter 2 of that Hebrews 2, it says, For if the word spoken by angels were steadfast, every transgression and, and disobedience received the just recompense of reward, how shall we escape? If we neglect so great a salvation, which is first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed to us by them that heard it. So, the words were spoken by angels. And that refers to the law of Moses. Now, this is different from the Ten Commandments. Are you getting what I'm saying? The Ten Commandments is entirely different from the law of Moses. Moses had his 630 laws. Why the Ten Commandments? In fact, one of the things I'll walk you through much later in future, not now, is that I'll walk you through that that Ten Commandments is like a sentence. It wasn't even like... It wasn't like it was one ten... Ten list. We'll, we'll get there. No, now. We'll get there. No, no, now. Let's 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 take let's eat this let's eat this one as 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 our food for now. <laughs> okay. Look at Hebrews twelve. Let's let's go to Hebrews twelve. Hebrews twelve. Hebrews twelve verse eighteen. Hebrews twelve verse eighteen. I, I would love you to see this yourself. Hebrews twelve verse eighteen. Hebrews twelve verse eighteen. 
He says, For ye have not come to the mounts that might be thrust and burnt with fire, not with blackness and darkness and tempest. Remember, that was in Exodus, right? All right. And the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they heard entreated, and the word should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure which was commanded, and if so much as the beast touched the mountain, it should be stoned or thrust through a death. He now says in verse 22, and, most, and so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. See, the truth of the matter is this. Eh? God does not want us to even be afraid of him. If you, like, you remember what I told you? I said, there's a way God works. If he wanted us to be afraid of him, he would have come in that sense as a man. Are you getting me? As a man, he would have come as a fearful man. <clears throat> you know that statement of uh, fearful in praises. <laughs> God is not fearful. Remember, in the incarnation, he came as a man. If he really wanted us to be afraid, look, it looked like Moses said in verse 21 like this. He said, And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I suddenly fear and quaked. If this was God that Moses saw, and it was then in the New Testament, when Jesus came, we're supposed to be afraid. Then even the mother that gave birth, you know, there's this statement, the mother, the mother, the mother. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, if the mother, Mary and Joseph should have been scared in the manger. But he came, you know how he came? He came like very harmless. I'm sure he cried. They must have even flogged him to cry. You know, they flog babies to cry. Nurses, people used to say nurses are the most wicked people on earth. Is that true? Yes, is it true? Yes, I believe so because there's this woman, I want to mention her name. Mommy Clinton is her name. Some of you that followed me to Nigeria, you met her. Yes. Mommy Clinton is her name. That woman, she was the one that used to give us injection when we were young. She doesn't have, she has no joy. When, when it comes to injection, she can play with you. She's very nice. Some of you saw her, she was very nice. But when it comes to that profession of giving injection, she has no joy. No chills at all. Ah, just say, turn your bum bum, turn it, turn it. Don't waste my time. You should not do the thing. Come, come, uh, add this, the syringe and the needle. You don't. <laughs> ah, no, I, I, I believe nurses are wicked, and and I can see it in some of you's faces too. Wickedness is. Um... <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> just joking. All right, and mathematics teachers too. Mathematics teachers. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, what do you think? I will give you. Mr. Ekong also taught us maths. You know, I told you Mr. Ekong yesterday, physics teacher. He also taught maths. Ah! Touch your toe. Nah. I, I believe those are one of the reasons I still. Well, maybe well, from a child, I've not liked math. So it's not. It can't even be a cause of a teacher. But that thesis and all of those is what uh, I, I greatly feared and quaked. <laughs> so back to what we're saying. So if. Now look, look at something. If Jesus. If God was that exceedingly fearful. Now, remember what I told you yesterday. I said, the revelation of God will be found in the Son. So, for you to understand God properly, you have to look at Christ. So, how many of you have seen 
guys, do, do you notice what we are doing in this study? We are using the New Testament to explain the Old Testament. I don't know if you are noticing it. I'm using Hebrews. I'm using Luke 9. I'm using the Incarnation series. If you have followed us now, you will have understood the Incarnation series. I'm using all of those series to attribute to, the, to what is going on in the Old. I don't know if you are seeing that. Now, you have to see that because if God, and I'm saying it again, if God was the person Moses saw now in this Hebrews 12 verse 21, then in the four Gospels, no one would have been able to behold him. See, let me tell you something. Don't listen to some people who is to teach. Let me tell you where wrong doctrines stand from, especially in this kind of message we teach. They will tell you there is God. There is the God of the Old Testament. There is now the Jesus. No, he is the same God. That same God of the Old Testament was the Jesus of the New. He only now came in the flesh. Are you getting what I'm saying? The God of the Old Testament, the God who created heaven and earth, is the one who now walked upon the street of men in the New. And remember I told you there is nothing like Old Testament and New. I mean, in the dichotomy now of, of, of Bible study, there is Old Covenant and there is New Covenant, obviously. But this Old Testament phrase of separating the development from Genesis to Malachi, I already explained that to you. That same God. So, because a lot of people say, I don't like God, I like Jesus. That's stupidity. Oh, yes, I've heard a lot of people say that. They'll say, Someone will say, I believe in Jesus, I don't believe in God. That's stupidity. The same God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New. He now came to walk. So, it's like saying, God now wore our clothes. What's our clothes? Mortal flesh. Body. So God wore our clothes. God put on our clothes and came down. Now, you know, I was telling you yesterday, I said, heaven came down. He, he actually brought heaven down. I love that song. His song, um, what a beautiful name. That song, I believe we will sing it in heaven. <laughs> I'm just joking. But I believe so. You know, he now wore our clothes. So we wear our clothes. He is the same God. Let that sink into your being. So now, did was Jesus exceedingly fearful that even his disciples quaked? No. So that could not have been God in the New, in the Old Testament. That could not have been the God that Moses saw. As far as Mary did not quake, Joseph did not quake. The wise men did not quake. <laughs> the disciples did not quake. All the people that came to him did not quake. Then you can't. So if you see God today, you can't quake. Are you getting what I'm saying? You can't quake. So, back to that. Um, and so terrible was his sight. Uh -uh. His face can't, his sight can't be terrible. You know, we used to sing, um, Lord, you are beautiful. Your loving face is all I see. And now say, so terrible was his, that can't be his sight. <laughs> your loving face is all I see. I know your hands are on your child. Your grace abounds to me. 
It says, and so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear a quick. But look at verse 22. Glory, glory, glory. He says, but we have come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God. This is where we are now. The heavenly Jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels. Now, let me tell you something. Angels are encompassed all around you, even in this service. As you are seated, you are in an innumerable company of angels as believers. So, quit thinking, quit thinking that you, you don't, you, 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 angels are, you know, you know how they guard the president, right? You know, I, I saw a documentary one time and they told me if a president is traveling, there's actually two cars that looks like the president's cars. So nobody can know which one exactly the president stays. So if, let's say the president is living in the United States now and traveling to another country, they would have shipped the cars that the president will use there. The cars will have been waiting. It takes a whole lot of money for, if the president is leaving the country. They will have shipped cars, bodyguards will have been waiting, they will have secured all the places... I mean, the president of the United States, where the, they will have been snipers everywhere looking to check what will happen. This is days before. Now, that's what angels does to you. Angels encompass around the believer. They guard you. They protect the believer. So, you don't pray for it. It, is, it comes with salvation. That's why Hebrews 1.14 says, Are they not ministering spirits? Send forth to minister to them which shall be heirs of salvation. That accident you averted, it was an angel. That your car just stumbled and you just fall. Ah, ah, do the, the angel of God helped you. In Psalm 91, look at Psalm 91. I, I was supposed to teach this someday, but I, 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 I wanted to teach you people Psalm 91 a couple of Sundays ago. But I, I scrapped it out. I was like, no, I would rather teach this as a series as how did Jesus teach the Psalms? I, I want to do that instead. Look at Psalm 91. He says in, 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 verse, um, in verse 11. Psalm 91 verse 11. Are you there? I'll wait for you. Psalm 91 verse 11. Psalm 91 verse 11. He says, For he shall do what? Give his angels charge over thee. To do what? To keep thee in all thy ways. So the believer has supernatural preservation. Say, I have. have. You're not saying like you mean it. Supernatural preservation. preservation. You have it. So he said he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Look at verse 12. He says, they shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou shalt thatch a food, thy food upon a stone. So, that is where we are now. The city, the company of innumerable company of angels. So, remember, in Hebrews 1, I told you, Jesus has authority all over angels, right? I say angels are to worship the Son. They were designed and created to worship the Son. The Son will mean the Son of God, Jesus, right? And that can even safely mean you too. It is the Son that sits at the right hand of the Father, not angel. You too, you sit at the right hand. 
all angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to them which are here society so angels are designed to serve the believers angels are designed to serve the believers so in now look at something that you must understand at the resurrection angels no longer exist or function i told you this yesterday i said angels no longer exist or function like they did in the old testament and we are going to get to why soon because they are now in zion also jesus has risen from the dead see jesus's resurrection is something we are going to keep studying forever jesus rose from the dead he puts it's like saying he put them in their place now jesus rose from the dead so they are in zion we are you two we are in zion i, I anticipate for my series now we are in zion we are now in zion the city of the living god glory to god we are now there so you and i we have nothing to fear we have nothing to fear not see be very confident see when i'm flying when i'm on the air because I fly a lot. I, 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 love, I love to fly. I, I, I tell you guys, I, I enjoy resting a lot when I'm on the air. I'm even anticipating my next trip. <laughs> because I, I, I feel like that's the best way for me to detox and rest, you know. If, the, if I'm experiencing any turbulence, everybody's already shaking this and that. <laughs> I just look around. Just, they don't understand. If all these people are unbelievers, because I am a believer in this place, the Lord will hold this plane for me. I still have lives to preach to. God and the devil knows. <laughs> I've, not, I've not started what God has called me to do here. I'm just trying to face the waters. <laughs> so I'm not about to go anytime soon. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, so we are in Zion. In Zion. All angels worship serve, minister for, and to the Son. And by identification, the church of the firstborn. So we are there. They minister to you. You must learn to receive the ministry of angels. See, look at Hebrews 13. This is not part of my sermon, but I'm just putting it there. So in in case you want to write later on, don't put this. Those book book people, don't don't, don't put this. This Look at Hebrews 13 verse verse 1. Hebrews 13 verse 1. He says, let brotherly love continue. Look at how, you know, the same writer has already told us we are in Zion, right? Now, he now told us, now, I'm, I'm giving you a prelude now into my series on now we are in Zion. He says, now, let brotherly love continue. Verse 2, he now says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers. What did he say? Everybody read it on. He says, for some of you have entertained angels on our way. See, let me tell you. One of the things I'm going to teach you in, in while we're in Zion is that angels too, in today's day, can wear a shape of human being just for you. Just so that you will not be scared. I've had stories and testimonies of um, somebody told me and said they missed their way and somebody just directed them and he told them to pass this place. And by the time they look back, they couldn't find the person again. That has happened to me before. It has happened to me before. Where I just I was just in a dilemma. And some, somebody just appeared and told me, this is what to do, this is what to do. 
And before I could even say thank you, I couldn't find the person again. Things like that still happen. But you know, that's why the Bible now made us to understand. Let brotherly love continue. Is it see? And I will show you, one of the things I will show you when we study the series is Abraham, Sodom. The angels came to them. Angels are messengers. They sent for to do something. So that's why it's good to be good to people all the time. Don't. See, one of the things, I'm going to teach us walking in the spirit very soon. You must actually learn how to walk in love with people. You must learn to be good to people. Don't be sassy. Don't be, don't have the, the, I call it the American culture where everybody just want to keep to themselves. Don't talk to me. Don't do this. No, no. no. Be good. A friend of mine told me a story. He said one time she was lost in the bush one time and somebody held her hand and she, she came out of the bush and the person said, you will see a bike next day and you go. He said she wanted to say thank you. She couldn't find the person again. That's angel. They've come to some of you and some of you have slapped them. <laughs> yeah. I don't have, I don't have, leave me. <laughs> you know, we'll study it, we'll study it. We are, now we are in Zion. Because I'm, I'm going to teach you how to receive their ministry and how to, how, how they work, how they function. I've heard stories of people who say, um, Different things. You, you hear different stories, you know, of people. But, but see, angels still work today. They still work today. They still do. They bring food to people too. Yeah. They do. So, that, that's not part of my sermon. So, one of, so, back to what I'm saying. I showed you in Revelation 10 verse 19 verse 10. It says, I fell at his feet to worship him. Revelation 19 verse 10. And it says, see that thou do it not. For I am the fellow servant, a brother, a brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. So you are not to worship angels. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. You are not to worship angels. So the believers should be at rest. So you and I must be at rest with God's revelation of himself in Christ. All that you will ever need to know about God has been revealed in the Son. Who is the Son? Christ Jesus. All that you will ever need to know about God. Just look at Jesus. Is he found there? If he's not found there, that's not his character. And that's the peak of what I'm trying to explain all through. For the past nine sessions or the eight sessions that we've done. Once you cannot find the trait in Jesus, then that's not God. So it's very easy to study God, right? We have a template with his person, Christ Jesus. So God revealed himself in Christ. Speaking and spoke to us through his son and not through angels. So, like I said again, angels were designed to worship the son, to worship his church and not vice versa. You mustn't be found worshipping angels. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, angel. Ha! Are you seeing this? Don't do such a thing. I remember I told you again. When you start seeing, when you start picking the, the, the law of Moses and picking it, you are sliding into the worship of angels too. 
So you see, some people are worshiping angels and they don't know. <laughs> and angels go like, ah, me and Mizanyo, you are, you are, we have gone away from. <laughs> so they are also worshiping empty stuff. <laughs> I'll just okay. Look at Luke nine. Are you are you enjoying Bible? Bible is interesting. You just have to, you just need a good preacher to explain it to you. I can't imagine that uh, I have a church and I'm teaching them acquire to desire motivational messages. I just can't imagine myself doing such a thing. How would you guys grow? You guys will not probably be in a service on a Tuesday night if that's what you want to come and hear. Those are people, they do, is, do they have weekly service? And people show up. <laughs> I can't imagine leaving work and going to hear how to be motivated to go back to the work. <laughs> you didn't catch that. Alright, look at Luke 9, verse 51. Luke 9, verse 51. It says, And it came to pass, when the time was come, that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem, and sent angels before... Uh, <laughs> no angels. Well, we can see angels now, because they are messengers also. Uh, Angelus... Treskia, remember? And and he sent messengers before his face, and he went and entered into the village of the Samaritans to to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his they not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, without that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did. And he thought and rebuked them and said, Know ye not what manner of spirit ye are of? For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's life, but to do what? To save them. And they went to another village. So look at Jesus. You don't understand. I have not come to destroy men's life. I have come to save them. If we cannot preach here, dust your feet. And he left to the next village. But Elijah did not do that. Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see Second Kings one to twelve. Second Kings one twelve. Elijah, the man of God. Second Kings, verse one to twelve. So the reality is that it could have happened, but the reason it did not happen was because Jesus rebuked. So you know what that means. You see. No, you, do you know what do you know what that statement? No, you know what man of spirit you are of. It's like see, what kind of attitude is that? You know, it's like saying you are correcting yourself. Drop it. That's a bad attitude. So it means in his character, in his personality, he can't dispense that kind of thing. He can't even be thinking that way. Because he's telling the disciple, ah, no, you know what man of spirit you are of. That's not our job. Our job is to save life, not to destroy. Are you seeing that? No, read it like in the 2022 No, you know what man of spirit you have? Are you seeing that? That is exactly what was going on. It was a stern rebuke. In, in fact, scholars would tell us that it was as if he was casting out devils. It was, he, he, the the was as though he was casting out devils. Like, Don't you know what man of spirit you have? Ah! So it was a very stern and sharp rebuke. I'm sure he drew that that thing must have entered your score. Ah, <laughs> we will never try this again. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? But in Elijah didn't do that. Eli, 
second kings 1 verse 12 it says and elijah answered and said unto the if i be a man of god let fire come down from it I, 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 I think this is the second time I'm seeing this story. I still keep remembering. Joy knows this person. I still keep remembering Daddy Elijah. Daddy Elijah. This was his best scripture in that, in that ministry. If you just come on the puppy like this, 1 Kings 1 12. <laughs> That's the. He's not preaching, you. brethren. You don't understand. He's just coming to lead pre prayer. Before the pastor comes to preach. First King 1 to just say, So let's say the choir are finished singing. Hallelujah. I will describe it for you. I'll describe it for you. <laughs> I'm very good in mimicking people. One of the things my parents know me for, my family know me for is that when we were younger, we used to do in my house, we used to do things like, ah, they'll say, ah, let everybody come and mimic. Everybody can do it very well. <laughs> So you just come to get the booby. So and it's, let's say this is a microphone now. His, his hand is always on top of the mic like this. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. First King 112. I'm sure if like if, if um, Abraham hears this story, <laughs> he's going to relate. And Elijah answered and said, Oh today, if I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven. He doesn't read the next test. He said, Brethren. If I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven. You are going to shout and lift your voice and scream. <laughs> so once he entered like that, after he finished ministration, he has not given birth to his son, no. He said, ah, ah, daddy Elijah. For him to be acquiring a name before, <laughs> before, he even, before his wife even got pregnant, is to let you know the extent as which he has gone with Elijah ministry. In fact, Joy was telling me that his ministry today is flames of fire. Was it? Was it? Flames of fire. I mean, <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. He likes Elijah. How will you build your own ministry on Elijah's ministry that Jesus rebuked? <laughs> you know those are people now who don't... Now, you see, let me tell you. Let me tell you the problem. Those kind of people now, it will take a special intervention to 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 at least convince them that you are building on a wrong foundation because imagine the way they even named their church is called flames of fire international ministry so it means fire is always burning in this church and you know what believers are going there because <laughs> if i be ah if the man if the man starts with you I, you will be called, you thought you know what? You think you know what? Brethren, you will be forced to pray. No way, you will not know when you start speaking in tongues. If the man, there's a day he led one prayer like If I be, I mean, I started thinking, ah, ah, do I really know who am, who am I in Christ? <laughs> I, I look at the scripture, I, I said, I must pray this one. And I knew, in fact, that was when I started thinking, hey, God. Hope I'm not in trouble like this. I had to pray the prayer because ah, they, the way they connive and escapulated the scripture and divulge the ah 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 ugbo 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 miss I don't know <laughs> okay.
day. Praise God. So he says, if I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy fifth. And there came down fire. You see how people's life are wasted. Fifty people just died. And consumed him and his feet. So, and this is how a lot of people have built their ministry. In the sense that if you touch him, this happens to pastors, you touch me by mistake, you die by correction. Ah, people will remember th- those, those judgmental times we used to do. You touch me by mistake, you die by correction. <laughs> and that's how some people are still working today. You, you dare the man of God, I, I, I dare you too. The lo- if I, there's a man of God that came on the poopy water, he said, I speak to the governor of that state, the Lord will kill him. Hey! <laughs> Why? Elijah ministry. Now, you now come and tell those type of people that they have named their churches fire and their churches, their churches be 20 something years and the church, name of their church is something fire, something fire. And if they tell you, why did you see fire? You say, if I be a man of God, let fire. Kabaya, mm-hmm. <laughs> let fire. And they don't say the fire like you do. You know, you have a tissue, you say fire. A fire. <laughs> you know, you are still very teasing. Fire, fire. But if these people start with you, they fire. Ah! <laughs> Verse 12. And Elijah answered and said, I'm sure Korea should be able to relate because Korea and AY should be able to relate. I think those places you people went to, to they were doing fire like this. Oh, they don't do fire. Oh, okay. And Elijah answered and said, he was <laughs> he was, okay, where were we? He was uh, 13 and he sent them again. Captain of the third 50 and his 50 and the third captain of the 50 and went up and came down and fell on his knees before Elijah and besought him and said, O man of God, I pray thee, let my life and this life of this 50 that I serve I be precious in thy side. You see, 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 guys. See, guys, look at this. Even son of David, they begged him, he had mercy. <laughs> I, I don't know whether Jesus, you know the woman they came to me, son of David, have mercy upon me. And they begged him. We studied something in healing on Sunday. The woman begged the, Jesus for and Jesus still had compassion. Even despite she was out of the lordship of Israel. Jesus still had compassion. This one is still begging, say, please let my life and the other will be precious to you. God would have it. Are you seeing certain thing? I, I used to, of, I'm going to teach you something about this God of vengeance thing. All this God can revenge. God, if you do something, God. No. <laughs> That's not the God of Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, though. God does not do all those stupid revenge that people do. So. The way God revenge is God is going to show you love. He will finish you with love. You'll be wondering, ah, ah, ah. If God, see, let me tell you something. If God really wanted to revenge, eh, this COVID-19 that happened recently, he could have just killed all the people that are bombing the earth. Why did God not deal with those? Why, if it was God that was doing it, why did God not just <laughs> use it to kill all the ISIS people, all the Boko Haram, all the, all the terrorist group? Why innocent lives? And some people will wake up and say, it's God. That can't be God. They say the God of vengeance. Which vengeance? If God wants to really revenge for you, God will kill you with love. You don't be so, you'll be swimming in his love. He's, ah, swimming in love. 
<laughs> That's how God revenge you. But Elijah, they begged him. Let their life be first. Look at verse 14. Elijah does not say it. And you know, this is where a lot of people get their wicked spirit from. That's why you see a lot of Christians, they can't forgive. And they will tell you, Elijah did it too. You can't attribute Elijah to Jesus. God was an advocate of love. Look at Jesus. Even on the cross, what did he say? He said, Father, forgive them for do what? For they don't know what they are doing. He even forgive those who flog him 39 stripes, save one. They put him on the cross, nail him. He still said, Father, forgive them. You know, if it was you and I, he said, <laughs> You know, that's what Peter was trying to do by cutting the ear of Marcus. Jesus told him, I have legions of angels that could have actually deal with these people. <laughs> are, are you seeing it? Peter, Jesus fixed the ear by saying, Keep your sword. <laughs> it's true. Jesus did the ear surgery, supernatural ear surgery. Just, just car. Do you know what it means? He showed you, I created it. Ah, yeah. That's to show you. I created the I don't have to fix it back. Don't worry. <laughs> are you serious? But if it was you, that they arrested like that for ministry. Because you preach. Even public safety catch you. In your head, it's like they don't know the God I'm serving. Which God are you serving? It's not the God I'm serving. <laughs> See, God will deal with it. God will not do anything to them. <laughs> Wake up on time. <laughs> the reason why you are still feeling they stop me, they owe me, and I'm preaching the gospel. They have to me, and I prayed. <laughs> I fasted. Just enter the next street. <laughs> enter the next street. Nothing. Not, they will be so alive. They will hit even more than you. Ah, are you getting what I'm saying? It's not, that's not God, though. Are you getting what I'm saying? Is it somebody show me Shege? Is it, you show me Shege, I will show you back. That's, that's evil. That's evil. And God is not like that. So a lot of us has used our human mindset to approach. So now, like this that Elijah was saying, sorry, God, I don't know if you listen to this message one day. Sorry if you hear it. <laughs> now, those kind of people now that preach all those things, do you know it will be very difficult to preach love in that type of church? Because what they stem from the pulpit is a God of vengeance. So how do you, are you seeing where contradiction, are you seeing why I told you about a preacher must be careful he must not be lazy. Now, you know, he will, he will still preach love in that church. Why am I talking about him like he's the only one? <laughs> I'm just joking. Those kind of preachers now, they will still preach love in the church. Do you know? Because love is a message of the scriptures. They are still going to preach love. But imagine opening prayer. They preach vengeance. You are making the minds of people. Opening prayer, you are already praying if God, if I be a man of God, let fire come down and consume people. Consume all your enemies. In fact, who is your enemy? 
Please ask me. Who, who exactly is your enemy? So he doesn't say, if God is a God, and they will pray that prayer, pray that prayer, pray that prayer very well, then you'll now say, you know, God loves people. Forgive. How does that relate? And you see that you have put confusion in the minds of people. That's exactly how believers are today. That is exactly how believers are today. Your mo- so that's why a preacher of the gospel must learn the mode of ministry where. Watch the way we pray. Pauline pray as strictly for the cause of the gospel. Who is, who is, which enemy do we have? Who are your enemies? Our own is just our eyes of understanding to be like the word of God will have a free course. I mean, <laughs> we, don't have, we don't have time to be saying for, if God do, uh, or we should be de- dealing with public safety and public safety should die. No, they should not die. They should be alive to guard us when we have crowd. They should be alive to tell us, oh yeah, pack there, pack there. They are not going to die. If they have accosted you before, if they people put your name on Walmart before on blacklist, and you say this Walmart will shut down, it's not shutting down. They will keep increasing. <laughs> That's no God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So, look at, so this guy begged in verse 13, in verse 14. Behold, there came down fire from heaven and burnt the two captains. He will burnt more. And the former 50s with their 50s. <laughs> you don't understand? He now do double because he begged. Look at verse 15. And the angel of the Lord said, <laughs> Who is walking now? Angel of the Lord. Angel of the Lord said to Elijah, Go down with him. Be not be afraid. <laughs> you don't understand. You can't be afraid. <laughs> and he wrote, you know, there's a story of Elisha and some people were making jest of him. As he Baba Akbar, like <laughs> you know, like his head was bowed and everything. Stranger will just let beers come out from here and eat them up. Why would Jesus? You know what Jesus did? Jesus said, "Don't chase little children away from me. Let all children come to me." And you see that Jesus was correcting certain things indirectly. He said, ah, I can't kill children. Let all the children come from me. But Elisha, because they make jest of his head. So some of you that are in church, like you are looking at it, say, Pastor, the way you wore yellow sandal instead of black, I just, how dare you? If I be a man of God. <laughs> People still do it today. But that's the devil walking. It can never happen in this church. It's not possible <laughs> because we are men of love. One of the things, if you notice that I preach so much, is walking in love. Ah, you can't be here and not know how to walk in love. If you don't know how to walk in love, your door is close by. Cool. There are other churches around the street. <laughs> you have to learn how to walk in love. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. So Elijah authorized. Now, look at it. In that verse 15, he said, he said, and the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, go down with him and be not be afraid. And he rose. 
and went down unto the king. So Elijah authorized them with his words. What was the word? If I be a man of God, let fire fall. That was the word. So he was, he was like with their words, they were evoking things. He used these words to do those things to consume the soldiers with fire. And you know, I've told you, I told you yesterday, I said, the activities of angels evolve fire, right? We've seen all those fires attitude. Now look at Second Kings again. Second Kings 6. We were there yesterday. I just I'm just going over what we studied yesterday. We'll now enter something again. Second Kings 6, verse 15. And he said, when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth and behold, a host encompassed the city, both the chariots, the horses and chariots, and the servant said unto him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He now said, and he answered, Fear not. Don't be afraid. Why should you be scared? Now, if men who don't even understand new creation are not scared, how much more you? Are you getting what I'm saying? If men that don't even understand new creation, that don't understand that they are in Zion, are not scared, how much more you that you are in Zion? Alright, so look at it. He said, <coughs> so he said, um, He said, fear not. Right? It says, and when the servant of the, yeah, verse 16 says, fear not, for they that with us are more than they that will be with them. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the young man, and, and the Lord opens the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Look at verse 18. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite the people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness, according to what? The word of Elisha. So he was Elisha's word. In verse 16 to 17, he says, Gehazi's eyes were opened to see the mountain full of horses and chariot of fire. That's angel. In verse 18, the angel that smote them according to the word of Elijah. According to the word of Elijah. So what happened here was that Elijah was giving instructions to angels to act upon. So they akin to the words of Elijah, just like they did in the, in the time of Elijah. Look at in Daniel 10. Daniel 10. Daniel 10 will further help us to see some activities of angels too. Daniel 10, verse 12. Daniel 10, verse 12. Are you there? I'll wait for you. Daniel 10, verse 12. It says, And he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand and to chasten thyself before God, thy words were heard. He says, I am come for thy words. Daniel 10 verse 12. So observe what the angel said to Daniel. He says, I have come for thy words. So one thing you must understand is angels act upon the instructions given to them by men. Angels act upon the instructions given to them by men. 
angels act upon the instructions given to them by men. Look at Psalm 103, verse 20. Psalm 103, verse 20. Psalm 103, verse 20. It says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, acting unto the voice of his word. So they act on the instructions given to them by men. There's one of the things I'm going to explain to you when we start studying New Testament image of angels, now in Zion, is that they excel in strength. Excel in strength will mean they, they function in the capacity. Some, sometimes you can see them like a huge mighty thing, but that's because they need that strength. They are not created in a way that you are created because of the activities they have to carry out. Are you getting me? So they are created in such a way that they might look fearful. They might look, you know, like Moses said, they are exceedingly fearful and they quaked. Their sight may be terrible. Because, ah, and that's why, if you notice, one, most of the things they said when they came to, uh, in the New Testament, let's say when they came to like Mary, the very first things they normally say is fear not because they actually look fearful. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. They, they, one of the first things they say when they came to Mary in the New Testament, upon the resurrection, before, during the, before the incarnation, if you look in, read in Luke 2, Luke 3, and Luke 1, and all of those things, it's fear not. They'll say fear not. Even in Matthew 1, fear not, fear not. Why? Because their appearance are like that. And it's because of the activities they carry out. They minister for you. They minister to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, they, they act on the words and the instructions given to them by men. So, it's obvious to us that angels in their activities reflected the temperament and the understanding of those they minister for. So, what was happening is that they reflected the temperament. So, let's say, I am angry now. Or it's, it's like saying, it's like saying, you know, it's just like bad parenting. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say this now. It's just like bad parenting. You know, a child can grow up as a result of a bad parenting and then become dysfunctional. Now, it's not the child's fault. It's, be, it's a product of a bad parenting. Now, it's just like Moses and the angels now. The, the angels were acting in Moses' temperament, in the sense of Moses is angry, then they react in the anger. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's like the, their activities reflected the temperament and the understanding of those they minister to. So Moses and somebody like Elijah and Elisha now, they under, in their minds, they just think, oh, probably God can kill, God can destroy, God can do anything. Angels now act in that state. Remember, in the New Testament, we teach them, they don't even know anything. Are you getting what I'm saying? Remember, in the New Testament, they are learning from us. They don't even know. They don't even know whether the son of man is going to die or the judge just be. The only is like you know what is like say ah, carry this action, just do this. So the only is whatever they tell us to do, we we'll do it. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's basically how they act. They act in the sense of instruction. They act in the sense of. Um, so let's say it's just like it's just like what happened with Peter too. Do you notice that Peter and Ananias and Sapphira, they acted on the words of Peter. He just said, you lied to me. It's like saying, you lied to the man of God. Fall down and die too. Are you seeing it? It happened even in the New Testament. And that's because Peter's mind has not been renewed properly. But if you now notice the growth and the progression of Peter, in when he was talking to Elemas uh, the sorcerer, he just said, your money perish with you. He couldn't do that same thing he did in Act 5 again. Because now he has grown up 
to understand, ah, that's not the character, that's not the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you seeing it? So they act in the temperament. So we can simply say Peter was angry. Ah, why would you lie to me? I'm a preacher, you know, I'm a man of God. And that's because of the doctrine of the Old Testament. Moses to ah, uh-uh, me, me that God speak to face to face. You know, are <laughs> you are not doing something? Oh, yeah, you act on the, so they carry out the activities. Are you getting what I'm saying now? They carry out the activities of those they ministered for, and Moses inclusive. So, in the synoptic, one thing for you to know is in the synoptic gospel and in the book of Acts, angels acted differently from Genesis to Malachi, they acted very different. Now, who, can, who, who, now, you know, I said angels were like that in, in Ananias and Sapphira's story. No, we can't, we can't say that. We'd rather say it's the devil because now it's the testament of grace. Are you getting me? So, we'd rather say now that's the activity of the devil. So, we can simply say Peter evoked the devil to work for him. Are you getting me? We would say it's angels now in the New Testament. Are you getting what I'm saying? But in the Old Testament, we can clearly see that, ah, these guys, because you see, they were saying, the Lord said, the angel of the Lord said, are you getting me? And remember I told you they are Elohim. Elohim just is like a word for deities. God is Elohim. Angel is Elohim. Everything is Elohim. Are you getting what I'm saying? So once they say Elohim like that, all of you in their minds as Hebrew people, you don't say, ah, he's God, he's angel, he's this. So there was no specification to say, he's angel, he's God, he's this, because of the word Elohim, Elohim, that I explained to you yesterday. Are you getting me? So everything was just God. And that's not God. They are activities of angel. So we say, why was God now quiet? No, he can't be. He has, I told you, God does not deal. One thing you must understand about God is God does not temper with human choices. He does not. He does not. A lot of people used to wonder, and this way, atheists have problems. They say, okay, look at all the evil acts happening in our society. Why has God not come down to change it? He is not going to. He has only come down once and he came down in his son to die for the sins of man. That's to let you know that God is after the salvation of men. The more we get more people saved, is the more the problem of the society will reduce. I told you, I said, the gospel is the solution to the problem of humanity. See, if we keep preaching the gospel, if we have government, if we have Christians in, in power, if Christians are even in public safety, if Christians are in different... Are, are, See, let me tell you, we have a sane society. Are you getting what I'm saying? We will have a more sane society. Imagine all those criminals, all those people who go to smalls and just shoot people and just go away. Imagine they are saved. They won't do that. And that is why God already created a solution for us. We just have to act on it. Does it make sense? Does it make sense? So, angels acted differently. In the four Gospels and in the book of Acts, different from Genesis to Malachi. Now, remember I told you that we are in Zion, Hebrews 12, verse 23. So the reason for the change, now, why is the change? What, what happened? The reason for the change in the ministry of angels in the four synoptic gospel and in the epistles is because man himself has changed. Why did angels change? So, why can't angels act like the way they did anymore in the four Gospels? Man has changed. Now, how did man change? Man changed because of the new birth. 
Man changed because of the understanding of God's character. Now, you and I, now that you are seated here, you can't evoke angels again to do, if I be a man of God, because now you understand. Are you getting me? Those that do it in their churches, what's happening? They are simply working for the devil. That's the truth. That's the truth. I told you a story of a woman one time who came to share a testimony. I keep saying this story. She came, uh, that thing has not left my mind. She said, praise the Lord, brethren. Um, we prayed a prayer last week or two weeks ago that um, every enemy in our father's house or something would die and my mother-in-law is dead. Praise the Lord. Now, everybody shouted hallelujah because all, that's their understanding. But can you say God killed that type of mother-in-law? No, that's the devil. He steals, he kills and destroys. His activity is well stated in the scripture. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. But the devil, the thief cometh to steal, to kill and to destroy. So who is behind the killings? Who is behind destruction? The devil. Does it make sense to everybody? So, why, why, why did they change? Because man himself has changed. Because of the new birth. Now that you are born again, you have changed. Understanding to now has increased. Knowledge has grown. So, man's understanding about God's character and the person has been affected positively by the understanding of the gospel of Christ. So the more the believer grows in knowledge, the more he knows who he is as a Christian, who he is in Christ, the more the believer knows his new nature, it affects his words, then he will start speaking the right things. Remember, we studied something in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 13, where we say, we believe, therefore we speak. Right? We start speaking the right things. Our thoughts and our actions are changed. They begin to reflect the ministry of angels around the believer. You know, that's why I used to tell you, don't speak words of doubt. Remember I tell you that, that doubt is a sin. If you even listen to walking on water, that I ask you to, guys to listen to, you will find that I say that in that state. Don't speak your doubt. Don't speak negative words. Don't speak, oh, it's finished for me. It can't be finished for me. Those things, those negativity are associated with devil. Learn to feed your mind with faith-filled words. Those are how angels act. Are you getting what I'm saying? Remember I told you in Psalm 103 verse 20 that they act on words. Remember. So, if you keep speaking, help comes for me. The power of God is working. You know, that's what I say a lot. If they, the power of God is working. I am never stranded. That is invoking them to walk. But if I keep saying, Ah, he's, he's gone. I'm going to die. I'm going. The person that walks with death is walking with. Is going to walk with it. Are you seeing it? Demons that act around death is going to eventually do that. Are you seeing simple law of life principle? Are you guys seeing it? So when we teach things like this, now you know when I'm teaching those faith of God walking on water, I can be very exhortational with that. But now you are learning the core doctrine of how it's supposed to be done. In that's the that's the essence of a split Bible seminars like this or Bible studies like this. So you those things we say in the exhortational teaching that we just say very fast is here you will not learn the why. Are you are you are you are you, are you getting it? That's the essence of. Long, prolonged Bible teachings. Is, is this making sense to everybody? Yes, sir. 
Okay. So the more the believer grows, the more you understand who he is in Christ, his nature. Oh, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, he understands his identity, his new nature. It affects his words. The words of that believer is changing. The thought is changing. His actions are changing. He won't be thinking like Moses again. You and I will not be thinking like Elijah again. Are you getting what I'm saying? The reason why those people still act that way, despite their believers, is because they don't know who they are in Christ. That's why I did a teaching, what every believer needs to know. Who you are in Christ. We've done those teachings. Um, um, basis of Christianity. The reality of the world. The reality of the new creation. Because you as a believer, you need to feed on that truth long enough so that you can act in God's nature. So when you are walking in love, you are acting in his nature. When you are praying in the spirit, you are acting in his nature. When you are speaking the right thing, you are acting in his nature. But when you are speaking in that, you say, ah, it's finished for me. Oh, I don't think I'm going to make it in life. Oh, I don't You are giving room for demons and devils to act on. Because God, angels act on words. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it? All right. So now we are in Zion. Hebrews 12 verse 23. So like I said again, the reason for that change. So if somebody asks you, why are they not behaving the way they behaved in Genesis to Malachi? Now in the New Testament, in the four Gospels, there is the new birth. Are you seeing it? We are now born again. Hallelujah. We are now in Zion. We can safely say Jesus has paid the price, right? We can safely say he is dead, he is buried, he rose again. We can safely say now understanding of the knowledge of God with us has grown. We can safely say we now understand the character of God and the character of God is not like that. So angels too cannot act like that. Remember, they act because, remember I told you that they act in the temperament of Moses and Elijah. They were just angry. Oh, if you do the groom, death. If you try me, you taught me, and that's how some mind of God still behave today. You taught me by mistake, you die by correction. And they will give testimonies of how people are dying. Yes, I've, I've seen that countless times. You see them, they'll tell you, ah, oh, see, that person, he tried me, he died. That person, he tried me. My pastor told us a story. He doesn't like us telling this story. He said, many years ago, he said, he was working for a preacher, for, for not a preacher, for a, a um, he doesn't really like us saying this story. He doesn't even like saying this story, but he just, uh, it, it is the permissive will of God. <laughs> so he, 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 gave us a, he gave us a story. He said that he worked for a, for a school as a teacher and they didn't pay him his, his paycheck, his salary, and everything. He said he got angry. He went to meet the person. He said, he just went to the school bus. I said, stop working. He all the school bus. He just said, stop working now. Stop working now. Stop working now. He said, everything stopped working. He said he's ashamed. He used to say he's ashamed of himself that he, he acted that way. He said because years later, maybe like one year later, they now gave them that school to do ministry. <laughs> <laughs> he said that was where they were now, that was where they were holding meetings. So, and that's because why did he do that? He was angry. Some of you, you have done things too like that. If you if you check, if you go, if you think deep, you say certain things in anger, you just say, This thing stop now. This is and the thing stop. You say, Yes. And you're angry. You just worked for the devil. I, I'm sure some of you, how many of you have done those things before? I have done it before. And you saw results. How many of you have done it before? You've seen results. Exactly. I have too. There are times you just, you just be wake up, you just wake up, you just be so angry, you just say, this, this, that, oh, oh, you and you are so happy that the thing is spoiled. 
You are so happy that the thing is scattered. That's the devil's attitude. So that is exactly how Moses was acting. So he's basically, if I be a man of God, let fire fall. Because he's angry. And then he, he, he's in authority, he's in charge. They acted on these words. Peter too did it. When Peter, when Peter was, you lied to me, he fell down and died. One of the things we'll study later is what was the, the activities in play in when we start studying our This God Do It series, we're going to pick that, we're going to pick Peter's um, story and study properly. That Ananias and Sapphira's story, we'll look at it contextually. What really happened? I will show you that he's not of God. But don't lie to. <laughs> we must not be we must not be so hinge on explaining that it's not God and forget that you should and forget to tell people not to lie. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? So many of you have done those things before. You worked for the devil. It pre- preachers boast about it too. I'm not joking, no. It lot, you see, when I was younger, it was the height of our ministry then. Oh, this is this. this I did not know much. We, we, are, we are just I don't want to confess my sins so that you know you, you're not gonna preach like I use my old pastor too. <laughs> I, will not, I will not tell you my own story. You know, say, my pastor said to <laughs> you know say, I will not tell you my own story. <laughs> but it has happened before. It has. So if you just get angry, you just do grrr. They say, Yes. Do you notice it take after your eyes really calm down, you will notice that what you did was wrong. But sometimes there's a there's an hardness in people that they don't even know. They just say it's God that did it. God really killed the person for my sake. <laughs> no, that's the devil. So, a key character in the dispensation of Moses is that <laughs> we need to even study his personality. We need to study Moses' personality. Are you ready? Ah, hold on. Are you ready? Let's study Moses' personality. So that we will now see that brother, our brother was actually an angry man. Oh yeah, let's see. Look at his bed. Let's start from his bed. Exodus 2.2. Are you ready? Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. His bed was recorded in Exodus. So a key character in the dispensation of Moses, like I said, we need to study his person. Exodus 2. Exodus 2. Verse 2. Exodus 2, verse 2. It says, And the woman conceived and bare a son, and he saw him that he was godly, and she hid him three months. His death was now recorded. Now, Moses' death was also was recorded in Deuteronomy 34, verse 5. It says, And the servant of the, of the Lord died there, the Lord of Moab, according to the word of God. Now, so Moses' writing can be said to be. Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So if he if you wrote Genesis, then now it's just like Genesis. He was not physically present when he wrote Genesis, right? He wrote Genesis like a third party story. Just like even even if, if, one thing that we even explain to you is even the book of Job was like that also. It was like a third party story. Because many, many, many scholars can't trace. Where Job came from in the Bible? Ah, where did you come from? Where, where, where did you just a man of Job? It was like a third party story. Like somebody was recalling his details too. We'll, we'll study all of those things later. We are not yet. We have not gotten there. <laughs> so look at look. So one thing is in John one verse seventeen. 
The law was there was something in John 1 verse. It says the law was given by Moses. Grace are true by Jesus Christ. And it says no man has seen God at any time except the only begotten of the Father. No one has seen God except the only begotten Son. No one has seen God at any time. Um, the only begotten Son, which is the bosom of the Father, he had declared him. So the first thing that John said about Moses was that he gave the law. And when I say he gave the law, we can simply say he gave a teaching. The doctrine of the law. Because he gave a, a commandment. He gave a, 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 how do I say this? A, a constitution. Are you seeing that? Uh-huh. So in verse 18, in verse 18, John 1 verse 18, he, he made a statement to cause us to stink. He says, no man has seen God at any time. He said the only begotten of the Father. That phrase, no man, I've, I've explained this to you. I can't remember the message now. Eudesis, Eudes, O-U-D-E-I-S. It implies no one, nobody, not even one. So in other words, until Jesus, nobody, I think it's a connection, right? Okay. Nobody at any time has seen God, including Moses. Now, this thing I explained, are we... We will progress in Revelation. <laughs> this thing I explained that I just told you now. We are going to progress in Revelation in some years to come. Remember I said it too. So that you will not ask me questions. When, when I start telling you another thing. Remember, favor. Remember. Because it's people that used to first ask those type of questions. Pastor boy, you said. <laughs> We are, like, I, like I said, the Bible is written in a progressive form. The same way we are also going to stop, study the Bible in a progressive form. If I start telling you certain things, then it will confuse you. So pick this one and learn. Are you getting what I'm saying? Learn with this one till we grow. Are you getting what I'm saying? We are all growing. Like I told you, we are in a lifetime of study. So we are going to grow with this. Does it make sense? All right. So one thing you must establish is that. Now let's see something. We have established that Moses had encounters in Exodus 3, and we said it's with angels, right? Exodus 20 in Monsina, and we say it's in angels. So he saw and interacted with angels. He, together with the authorizations of angels, wrote the Ten Commandments. Now, look at something in Exodus 33. We need to do a careful analysis there. In Exodus 33, verse 9. Exodus 33, verse 9. I think I did this in Show Me Your Glory. Exodus 33, verse 9. Is that, is that message still on our, on our archive? Um, show me your glory. Is it still there? Or did, I, did, did we take it down? Oh, okay. Exodus 33 verse 9. It says, And it came to pass that Moses entered into the tabernacle, and a cloudy, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. If you, if you are reading the King James, you see that that Lord was italicized. And all the people saw the cloud pillars, all the people that saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh to his friend. And he turned again into the camp, and his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the temple. And Moses said unto the Lord, See that thou seest unto me, bring up these people, that thou hast not let me known, and we send thee, yea, thou... I said, I know thee by my name, and I have found grace in thy sight. In verse 13, he now says, Now therefore I pray thee, if I had found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, and I may find grace in the sight, and consider that 
this nation is thy people. And he said, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. That's a very key thing to study much later, that rest. And he said unto them, if thy presence go not with me, carry us up not things. Verse 16. And that says, For wherein shall it be known, yea, that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not that goest with us, so shall we be separated, I and the people, and from the people upon the face of the earth? In verse 17. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do these things also as thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in thy sight, in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all that my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim my name of the Lord before thee. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me. Thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass while my glory passeth. And I will put thee in the cliff of the rock, and I will cover thee with my hand, and I will pass by. And I will take away my hands, and thou shalt see my back, back parts, but my face shall not be seen. Now, if you read this night, you look as if God was playing ping pong, guy that is sick with, um, <laughs> with Moses, you will not see my face, you will see my back, all of those things. Now, this encounter, Moses made a certain request. In verse 13, he says, show me your glory. Verse 13, he says, show me thy glory. That word glory, now it's translated from the Hebrew cardboard. You should listen to um, show me your glory message. I, I did this, I did a proper, I won't say good, but I, I tried to do a, a good work on that. And it implies weight. When it says cardboard, it implies weight. In other words, Moses was asking God to show him what he can do. Or what it does. That was show me your glory. That word glory in the Hebrew, it means kabod. K-A-B-O-D. Kabod. It implies weight. Weight. So Moses was asking or requesting that God should show him what he can do or what he does. So now if you read through the book of Exodus, having seen the different signs, wonders wrought by Moses, Exodus, if you read Exodus 7, Exodus chapter 7 verse, to chapter 12, you will see different signs, the parting of the Red Sea in verse 14, the striking of the rod in Exodus 17, Exodus 14, Exodus 17, the receiving of the, of the law on the Mount Sinai in Exodus 20, even the different wars that Israel won. So this request of Moses might sound a bit somehow. But in verse 13, in verse 19 of this Exodus 33, he said, I will make my goodness. He said, pass before thee, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord before thee. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. So, you know, in essence, what you must know in essence is that God called his goodness, God, God called his goodness, his graciousness, his mercy, his glory. He called his goodness, his graciousness, his mercy to man, glory. So, the word goodness was translated from the word thub, T-U-B, T-U-B, thub. It was used 32, 32 times in the Hebrew text of the Bible, T-U-B, and this is the word goodness. Now, it was used in some instances. I'll just be very fast about that. It was used in some instances in Genesis 24, verse 10. Put this down for your writing. Uh, put this down for your writing. Genesis 24, verse 10, because of my time, I, I will not be able to show you that. Genesis 24, verse 10, it, it, it was used as the goods of his master genesis 24 verse 10 actually the hebrew word says all good of his master but it was used in that genesis 24 verse 10 it was used in genesis 45 verse 18 
Genesis 45 verse 18, it says, I will give you the good of the land. Genesis 45 verse 18. It was used in Genesis 45 verse 20. Genesis 45 verse 20, also regard yourself for the good of the land. So, good. So, Genesis 24 verse 10 again. Genesis 45 verse 18. Genesis 45 verse 20. Did you catch it? Genesis 24 verse 10. Genesis 45 verse 18. Genesis 45 verse 20. So, there's a way it was used. All the good of the masters. That is the good of the land. So, it's used as a word for things, actions, or commodity. So, in other words, when God was saying things like, when God was said, I would make my goodness pass before you, what he meant is that I will make all good things come before you. So, when he was saying, in, verse, in that Exodus 33 verse 19, that I will make all my goodness pass before thee, he was safely saying, I will make my goodness pass before you. What he meant was, I will make good things come before you. And that word gracious, in verse 19, when he says, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. Like I said, listen to, show me your glory to explain it very well. That word gracious is shanan. C-H-A-N-A-N. C-H-A-N-A-N. C-H-A-N-A-M. That's the Hebrew word gracious. That's the Hebrew word for gracious. And it was used twice in that verse 19 because it says, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious to two times. So Moses saw the glory of God as his goodness, his kindness, that is what he gives for the benefit of the recipients. I'll say that again. Moses saw the glory of God as his goodness, his kindness, that is what he gives for the benefit of the recipient. I'll say that again. Moses saw the glory of God as his goodness, his kindness, that is what he that is um, what he gives for the benefit of the recipient. So Moses knew about the grace of God. So it is, it is wrong to say Moses did not even know who God was. Moses knew about the grace of God. He knew God was in his goodness. He knew it. Moses knew that God was good. Are, are you seeing something now? So why was Moses not acting the way he was acting? He knew that God was good. He knew that God was gracious. He knew about the grace of God. Even Paul told us in Romans 9 verse 15. Look at Romans 9 verse 15. I'm already there. Romans 9 verse 15. Is it, is it you have to be fast though, brethren. I'm working with time. I don't really have time. I said we want us to sleep here tonight and, and keep studying. <laughs> but, uh, Moses, um, Romans 9 verse 15. For he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Verse, 3, verse 16 says, So then, it is not of him that will it, nor of him that run it, but of God that showeth mercy. So, that verse 16 explains the grace of God's goodness, or God's mercy. He explains grace as God's mercy. So, the question is, if Mo- now, well, now, guys, guys, look at me. The question will now be, if Moses knew the goodness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, why did he offer something else to Israel? Are you getting what I'm saying? So, we now, according to that Exodus 33 verse 19 now, we, knew, we saw that Moses understood that he knew that God was good. He knew that God was gracious. He knew that God was merciful. Why then did he give the children of Israel something different? Why did he act in a different way to them? Why? 
Now look at Exodus 20. I want you to recall, I want you to remember something I told you before. I told you this yesterday. In Exodus 20, verse 18. Let's go back there. It will make sense. Exodus 20, verse 18. So you and I, so all of, everybody understand that Moses understood his goodness, right? His graciousness, right? He understood God's mercy, right? So now, so Moses, so can we safely say Moses understood a bit of the car? Can we say Moses even understood the character of God? So why then did Moses now act differently and gave the children of Israel something different? Why? Look at um, um, Exodus 20. It says, And the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpets and the mountains smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. Look at verse 19, very key. And they said to Moses, Speak with us and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. Remember I told you yesterday, I said this was the genesis of the issue. You know I told you yesterday. I said this was the genesis of the problem. They didn't want God to speak. They wanted Moses to. So the Jews told them, he says, speak with us, lest we... So they said, let no God speak with us, lest we die. That was why Moses described them as stiff-necked people. Very rebellious. They did not want to hear God. They asked Moses to hear God for them. And that's why a lot of Christians are still like today. A lot of Christians are still like that. Pastor, hear God for me. No, we will teach you the leading of the spirit. We will both be hearing God together. <laughs> Pastor, what's God saying about this issue? The man of God. You know, a lot of people, a lot of preachers have turned preachers to suit saying, Pastor, what, 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 do you th- what do you see about my future? Especially African parents, they do that. My father, <laughs> my father liked those things when we were younger. When I, was, I went to that man of God, he, he saw the future. <laughs> you know, things like that are not... A lot of Christians still behave in that way. Now, look at Galatians 3 verse 19. Look at how Paul described it. Put your hand in that Exodus 20. Don't close it. We are still coming back there. <laughs> are you enjoying Bible study? Yes, are you sure? Yes, Guys, are you... Are, uh, be serious. Are you, are, you, are you really enjoying Me, yeah, I'm enjoying it too. As I'm teaching you, I'm enjoying myself. I'm having a good time. If, it, if it's left for me, we'll sleep here tonight. But um, you guys have work. Imagine, I, I wish we can be studying like this every evening. It would be so sweet. Like, we should just do like um, the early church. You know, the early church, they, after they come back from work, they come to church. That's what they do. Paul will teach them into the morning again. Then they will go and dress up. They will bath, they dress up. Probably take a nap and go. They will go back to work. In fact, they will even meet Paul in the job place. You know, Paul is a ten maker. Ten maker means he's, 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 a, he's doing construction work. <laughs> <laughs> so they Paul will say, ah, we know what we meet in the night again. They will be asking Paul question. What happened with Moses? So they will say, the night, in the night, in the night. <laughs> I remember we do that as a church. We should not be doing, we should do morning session. We should just do 7 a.m. and night, night. But it's just that some of you work night into morning and all of those things. Uh, so, but we should not be doing night, night session, 7, 7 p.m. every day, 7 to 9, 7 to 9, 7 to 9, 2 to 2 hours. Don't be feeding on the world. We should do it one week. We just call, declare the week or one month, word month. We just say seventh to ninth from the first day. Let's say like October ninth is coming. We just say October one to October thirty first, word night, word word month. So every seven p.m. thirty days, all the thirty days in in October, we just study the word. 
So even Sunday, we still come back. After we done morning service, we still come back for 7 p.m. service. We will study war every night. You know we will go far. Yes, sir. So I say, ah, <laughs> pastor want to kill us. <laughs> we will get there. You know, I used to say things like this. It's a sign that it might be fulfilled. <laughs> you know, when I start saying things like this, it's a sign. 2023 is coming. Strengthening of the local church. <laughs> it's a sign. <laughs> Ex Galatians 319. <laughs> we will do that all through January. That's why we welcome ourselves into the new year. 30 days of God's word. How about that? That's how we should say happy new year. We shut up in New Year. We use the old January to look at God's war. Mm. Bible and me not it. <laughs> Is this where for Galatians 3 right? Is this where for them? Serve the law. Was added because of transgression. So the seed should come. So the law was added because of what? Transgression. Till the seed should come. Look at it. It now says, till the seed should come. Whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by who? By angels in the hand of a mediator. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. That one mediator, Paul was using it to describe Moses. So, who made, the question would now be, who made Moses the mediator? The people. The people. Now you have gotten it. Exodus 20 verse 19. The Jews made Moses their mediator. They say, speak to us. Don't let, us, don't let God speak to us. Exodus 20 verse 19. Lest we die. So Moses was appointed by men. He was a man appointed mediator. Not God. So God never appointed Moses as a mediator. So are you seeing that? He was just acting on free will. God never gave. So God never appointed Moses as a mediator of the Old Testament. Because God never even gave. Never gave the Old Testament. He never gave the law. Moses gave the law. Not God. That's why he says the law was given by Moses. Great and truth came from Jesus. In John 1. So Moses gave the law. Not God. So the word mediator was used in the following text. Look at in 1 Timothy. I don't have time. I will just quote it for you. 1 Timothy 2 verse 5. 1 Timothy 2 verse 5, it says, For there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy 2 verse 5. Hebrews 8 6. Hebrews 8 6. Hebrews 8 6. But now he had obtained a more excellent ministry by how much he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon the promises. Hebrews 9 15. For this cause is the mediator of the New Testament. Hebrews 9.15, Hebrews 12.24, and Jesus, the mediator of the New Testament, of the New Covenant, so the blood of the speaking, the blood that, the blood that speaks better things than that of Abel. Hallelujah. So from, this, from those texts that I just showed you, 1 Timothy 2.5, Hebrews 8.6, Hebrews 9.15, Hebrews 12.24, you and I have seen that Jesus is described in the epistle as the mediator between God and man. So, Jesus is the mediator of a better and new covenant, not Moses. Galatians 3 verse 19 that we just read, he made us to understand that the law was added. It was added. That word added in the Greek is prostiemi. Prostitiemi. P-R-O-S-T-I. P-R-O-S-T-I-H-E-M-I. 
P-R-O-S-T-I-T-H-E-M-I. P-R-O-S-T-I-T-H-E-M-I. Prostheme. It implies an inclusion. It wasn't part of the plan. So when it says it was added in that Galatians 3.19, it means it wasn't part of the plan. It was an inclusion. So the question is, was the law added because man sinned or sin added the law? I think we'll, we'll, we'll answer this question and we'll stop there today and we'll keep answering more questions. Or maybe you should anticipate for the question. So the question I will, will, will study, we'll pick up from here. Um, we'll pick up from here next. Um, we'll pick up from here next time. I was one of the question is, was the was the law added because man sinned, or sin was added, or sin added the law? Is it because man sinned, or was it sin that added the law? That's the question we're going to we're going to start from here next time. But one of the things I want you to get today is that. Man chose Moses. So remember I told you, I said, Moses knew that God was good, right? We can safely say Moses knew the character of God, right? We can safely say Moses understood the graciousness of God, the mercies of God. So, and he offered something else to the people. And the people people told him, we want to hear you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, what is what, one of the things we're going to keep studying now as we keep because it's like saying one of the things is it's like saying we are we are driving to a journey then we'll go back to where we are coming from so in this our journey now we want to we want to study how how was the law given so that way we, we, we it will help us to understand the character of god and see that okay god was actually not in that plan one of the things you must make you must understand is all those judgment, all those things that was happening to them, God was not in that plan. The plan majorly was that he was good, he is kind, he is gracious, right? But remember I told you prosiemi, he was added, the law was added. So the law was not even part of the plan at all. So if you, was, if you were to cut God's mind, he wasn't in God's mind. So the people determined it. Just the same way in our today's world, people have determined anointing oil. They say there's something called anointing. You know, it's, it's human beings that just woke up one morning and say, we want to be anointing your head with oil. And say, we're anointing the car. We're anointing the biro, the pen, you know. Different things. So, remember again about what I said about angels. And I said that don't... With with your words, you, you you have to be careful. One one thing you must you must you must understand is that you must be careful with your words, in the sense that um, as believers now we are in Zion, now we have come to the city of the innumerable company of angels. Are you getting what I'm saying? So remember, I told you why did they change? So if somebody asks you and say, okay, why are they not acting like the way they are acting? So you, you could find people who ask you and say, could they still act like all those, their pillar of cloud, pillar of fire, all those stone? Could they still act like that in the New Testament? No. Why? We are now in the new birth. Jesus has risen again. A believer must learn to understand who he is in Christ. 
what he has in Christ, what God can do through him. Are you seeing it? We are now in the spirit where they are. Are you getting what I'm saying? We are now where they are. That's why it says we are now in Zion, the city of the living God. Hallelujah. So we, we pick up from here and we'll, we'll see more.